You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard, and I'm recording this from a bathrobe today. <laughs> finally, I finally took a day today that I like to call Get Your Shit Together Day. I got a petty, I finally got my eyebrows waxed in like, I think it's been a year, a year. I did a little meditation. It was glorious. This is actually the most work I'm doing right here is recording this. So if you haven't done a get your shit together day in a while, I highly recommend it. Just, you know, a little change of pace. I'm always trying to think of like interesting things to share with you before our episodes. And I'm going to admit, I don't, things have been a little, a little bit mundane, a little groundhog's day over here lately. So I'm needing a change of pace. If you got ideas, please send them my way. Send them my way. <laughs> okay. Everybody, we've got a really fun conversation today. A couple months ago, I did a bunch of episodes on fun and play as a means of self-care, and I got really great feedback that, you know, you wanted more and you wanted more tangible examples of play. So I found our guest today, Kara Latta, and Kara is an expert in the area of play. She's actually based in Canada, and she has just really cool ideas about being playful, about developing your inner child, and she incorporates shadow work into her program, which, I mean, you know I love shadow work. So Kara is the founder of The Playful Warrior, and she helps humans reconnect to their inner child through The Playful Warrior play, subconscious reprogramming, so they can embody and express their true self and create a life that excites them. I have to admit, I I really hate playing. Like, playing with my kids is not something that is my go-to activity of choice. I do it because I love them. I'm trying to be more playful. It's I have to admit it's a bit of a should for me. I should do this and I do. But I think it's been good to think about play in a different way, right? Like to think of it as this self-discovery and self-care process. And Kara really breaks that down. You know, she gives some examples of play. She talks about like who to play with how this works into self-care, self-development. She also has a wild story about cockroaches, which (laughs) is such a good parallel to that darkness before the light, which is truly, truly shadow work. So I hope you find that this episode is interesting and helpful and incorporates a little more lightness into your life. If you want to work with Kara, she does couple sessions. She does individual sessions. She's got some fun stuff coming up for Valentine's Day. um, And that can be with, you know, a partner or just a best friend. So check out all of her info in the show notes if you want to connect with her, you want to learn more. If you're new to Yoga Magic, I'm so glad you're listening. Head on over to Instagram and check out at Yoga Magic Podcast. We've got some fun events coming up that I just, I would love to see you at. The next event coming up is 
a free astrology and journaling workshop with Liv Bowser from Liberate Studio. And that's this Saturday. So if you're listening to this in live time, it's a couple days from now. If you haven't let yet listened to this episode with Liv, she's so amazing. She found the first ever mental wellness studio. And we're going to come together to talk about emotional well-being, talk about your moon sign. We're going to do astrology, a little journaling, some meditation. It's, again, Saturday, January 30th at 11.30 Central Time. It's totally free. And you can sign up with the show notes. Thank you so much for being here, for listening. If you enjoy this episode, I'd I'd just really appreciate it if you could share it with a friend or post it on Instagram. Don't forget to tag at Yoga Magic Podcast so I can say thank you. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Simpson and Vale Tea, the yummiest tea, a self-care moment. Remember, you get 15% off of your first order when you use the code Yoga Magic. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Here's Carolata, the playful warrior. Welcome, Kara. I'm so glad you're here today. This is going to be a really fun conversation because we're talking about play, which is honestly like really hard for me. So I'm, I'm hoping you can help me a little bit <laughs> in this area. So glad to be here. I can't wait to chat with you. And you're already doing great. You have beautiful pink headphones on. So I'm already feeling the inner child spirit here. Thank you. I'm embracing inner child and my own children's toys, which is what this is. <laughs> Carrie, can you just tell listeners who you are, what your business is, how you got into the world of play? Yeah, so I'm the founder and chief fun officer of The Playful Warrior. I haven't always been playing though, so I actually worked in corporate for almost 10 years and felt very disconnected from play. I looked around at the agencies I was working at and really just saw how adults were also disconnected from ourselves really. And we were just kind of like grinding our gears, working countless hours every day. And something just felt really off for me. Like I felt very stuck, disconnected. Um, And then I guess a year ago now, I was really undergoing this dark night of the soul where everything was kind of going wrong. A relationship ended for me. I had this long ongoing nasty cockroach infestation in my apartment. What? Oh my God. Was <laughs> so bad. Uh, what else happened? I was just working through therapy and a lot of childhood trauma as well. There was some health stuff going on. So it was just that point in your life where it's just like, oh, like everything is going wrong. You're just so depressed and stuck. And so I was very like in this heavy healing journey. COVID came right away. I lost my job. Oh my gosh. I was really shocked. Um, but I actually had this weird feeling of relief. It was like, I didn't love my job, right? It was a way for me to make an income. So it was kind of like, okay, I have an opportunity to create a new life. Everything has gone wrong. Like this is my chance to actually build a life that excites me. And even though I felt very far away from that, I was starting to do inner child healing and realizing how my inner child was inherently so playful, but how I didn't feel that. And so I made this commitment to myself to start doing one playful thing every day. And as I started doing that, I really just started feeling so much better. I started feeling more creative and playful and adaptable. And I suddenly had all these business ideas. I was excited about life again, even though I was like unemployed, but I felt so great. And I started considering entrepreneurship And yeah, like my friends kind of saw me and saw how I was in this great place now. And, you know, they felt very disconnected from play. So I just really saw like a need to connect adults back to their playfulness because I truly believe we are all so inherently playful. We all come into this world so creative and spontaneous and curious and we lose it. And it's like, what happens? Well, our conditioning happens. 
So for me, that was kind of where the playful warrior came from was this need to connect adults back to play, but also acknowledging that it's not just about play. There's also the warrior's journey and the mm. warrior's journey has a lot of wounds. It's not always easy. We have to be resilient. We have to continue forward, but in this journey, we have to return to wholeness. And part of returning to wholeness is reconnecting with play. Mm, that was lovely. Wow. I like goosebumps. <laughs> um, first question, did you get rid of those darn cockroaches? <laughs> like so gross. It's a nightmare. Um, so yeah, I could honestly do a whole podcast on that, which yeah. <laughs> I tried like everything. I'm in Canada. I imported products from the US, from Mexico, like trying to do everything. Uh, I finally did get rid of them though. Thank God. So we're in a much better place now. You probably, you probably just like, let's go down a weird rabbit hole. Perhaps they were a symbol of like the darkness truly. And like, you got rid of all of that and then they left. (laughs) So for anyone who has cockroaches, they're actually a very powerful spiritual symbol. And it actually means, yeah, clearing out your shadows. It means you are super resilient. It actually means good luck is coming to you which is amazing too. If you do the work, you have to like clean out your shadows, right? Cause cockroaches are, they're so freaking resilient and they can last through anything and they can see through dark corners and all this. So there's like power in the darkness. So it was kind of, it came to my life at that time with this message. And finally, when I figured everything out, they cleared out. So oddly there is that spiritual symbol. It was very hard for me to see that at the time, but now that it's over, I can appreciate it a bit more. Yeah. You know, those, those symbols, things like that in the moment, it's hard to like attach any, anything big to them. I mean, so I've been seeing, this is really weird that we're, I'm glad we're talking about this stuff right away, but like, I've been seeing bees in my meditations and my dreams. I'm like, I don't have any attachment to bees. I'm not afraid of them. I don't really know what that means. And I started to look into it and bees are major indications of community. And this is like, if you look at my astrological chart for this year, it's all all about community and like tribe and just so I love it when this stuff lines up like it's if we are willing to open up and listen we can see those things cockroaches bees yeah that's so cool I actually looked into bees as well when I was doing the playful warrior branding because for me I'm a dancer and I also like love the idea of community bringing people together and bees are one of the few animals that dance really Yes. So I almost went down that road. I didn't, but I feel that connection to be. What? Like, how do they dance? I don't know. Just like in the air, apparently, according to. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the coolest thing I've ever heard. I love that. Yeah. Super, super cool. It very much in line with this idea of play. Okay. Let's get back (laughs) to the idea of play. I'm, I'm tracking with you in the sense that like we, the warrior side of it, right? Like we do need to kind of unearth these things. And for a lot of listeners, for a lot of us who are just new to this world of spirituality, of self-discovery, shadow work feels like such a heavy load. Like what, what does that even mean? Do we like literally like go find, are we like Peter Panning? We find our shadow, like what the heck does it mean in your opinion? Yeah. So for me, shadow work is really just exploring our darker side because we all have this place inside of us where we repress parts of ourselves, we repress feelings a fear, desires, any shameful memories, really just anything that feels shameful, dark, or ugly. And this can be stored away consciously or unconsciously. Uh, and the reason we learn to suppress these parts of ourselves is to be likable and to fit in. So we're all just like really wearing a mask 
for survival. That's just what we learn in our brains. So when we do shadow work, we acknowledge that we can't repress parts of ourselves anymore. We acknowledge that if we want to find wholeness, we have to discover these parts and welcome them in again, right? We have to embrace the darkness and the light. And let's, we try to like uncover these hidden parts, um, which is why the playful work has those dualities of the shadow and the light, because when you get to know your shadow better and you start welcoming parts of you that you formerly thought were unlovable, you actually get to find that wholeness and access even more playfulness and creativity because you are just so connected to yourself. Um, and actually I find too that a lot of people actually have a lot of shame around play because play is so intimate and courageous and it's like honest self-expression. And so many of us as kids were actually shamed out of that. We were taught that you have to be professional or serious or all these things that don't allow for true authentic play. So you can actually find a lot of shame around play that you can uncover with shadow work too. I will say though, with shadow work, it is so important that you have a self-love practice because when you start kind of uncovering these things um, and insecurities and like shame, um, you have to be loving on yourself hard. Um, because if not, the journey could be that much more harder. So, which is why I think it's so great to do a combination of play and shadow work at the same time, um, because like play and self-care and all these beautiful things really just like return you to you and your truth and that happiness. Mm -hmm. I love this idea that, yeah, that self-love piece with the shadow is so, 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 so critical. And, you know, I've done a lot of the shadow work myself and I, there's times where I've been you know, I've even like sought out like a therapist just to kind of like work through, like having that support system feels so, so good to, to do it, to unearth these things and just have someone there to be like, yep, this is part of it. This is the process. And, you know, you had said something earlier when you were talking about, you know, discovering the playful warrior about the inner child and like, what is the inner child? Is that pre shadow or like, how does it relate to the shadow? Yeah, that's a great question. So inner child is the little you. It's not an actual child. It's just a part of you in your subconscious where essentially from the ages of zero to seven, our brains are like sponges and we pick up on so much conditioning from society, our parents, institutions, media, caregivers, like in school, all these things. So we learn all these programs that don't really serve us. So the inner child has all these qualities, like, you know, one being that we think all or nothing in black and white, right? So say as a kid, your mom doesn't want to play with you. You might take that as like, mom doesn't love me. I'm not lovable. She doesn't have time for me. Like you take these things without having context or actually appreciating what's really happening for your mom. So all of these messages then are in our inner child and we are have a wounded inner child. So with the inner child healing, we actually go back and a big part is reparenting ourselves. So we start actually being the parent for ourselves. This has nothing to do with like shunning your parents out. This isn't about shaming your parents either. You know, they did the best they could with what they had, but it's about learning how to be a self-sufficient adult that actually treats yourself with love and care. And so for myself uh, with inner child healing, I really started by getting to know my wounds, getting to know my false beliefs that I was carrying from childhood, you know, things that like, I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, things I was seeing in my life and patterns that I was attracting in relationships and starting to build with that self-love practice. I think it's actually really more important to start with the self-love and then go into the shadow after that. 
So for me, it was about developing this close relationship with my inner child where my inner child could trust me, right? Because at first, when you start with this, you probably have been abandoning yourself for a long time in the sense that maybe you've been in relationships and you haven't set boundaries. Um, you never really express your needs. You always put something else before you. Any of these codependent tendencies where you were never really advocating for your needs or your inner child. So starting to do little acts, little commitments to your inner child so you can build trust within yourself, right? Just making small daily promises that when you do it, your inner child is like, okay, she's, she, he, whoever is serious about committing to me. And now I'm going to start trusting you more. And then you start feeling that wholeness. For me, journaling was a really, really great way of doing that as well. I started putting up little pictures in my apartment of me, like on my fridge and bathroom cabinet to remind me of my childlike wonder and remind me who I was committing to, like why I'm doing this work. Um, because this little girl had felt abandoned for so many years and it was finally time for me to show up for me and start building that. And then play was a big part of that too, because as a little girl, you know, really young, I was so, so playful. So it was like returning to that um, and building that beautiful self-love practice. Okay, everyone, you've heard it from me before. Self-care doesn't have to be extravagant. Sometimes it's just an amazing cup of tea and a great book. And y'all, I have the best tea brand for you. Simpson and Vale tea is my go-to. If you haven't heard of Simpson and Vale, they are a small business, a family-owned company, and one of the oldest tea companies in the US. They have these yoga blends um, for each of the chakras, which I just, yes. So if you're feeling like you could use some grounding, you can grab the root chakra blend, or if you want something to accompany your meditation, grab the crown chakra blend, or you can you can get them all too, that works. <laughs> I'm actually sipping the crown chakra blend right now while I record this, it's so good. It has sarsaparilla root, allspice, cloves, organic oat straw, vanilla beans, chamomile flowers, raspberry leaf, jasmine blossoms, and lavender flowers. And all the yoga blends have zero caffeine, so they won't keep you awake at night. If you wanna get your yummy teas, you can use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off your first order. And this can be used on any of their 380 blends or accessories. Head on over to svt.com and use code YOGAMAGIC. Again, that's svtea.com and use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off. There's so much in, in like current manifestation practices and like this reparenting world that to me feels almost blame-like, like we're blaming our parents. And honestly, until just now, when you said this, when you're talking about like, we as little kids see things black and white, and it really didn't necessarily have anything to do with what sometimes it does have to do with parents, but like often it's just like our interpretation of things. To me, it's like, that feels so good thinking about oh, I, it's just develop, de developing a relationship with myself as like reparenting myself. And as a parent, me now as an adult, as a parent, I'm like, oh, a little weight taken off because it's going to happen. Like they're going to develop these, you know, things, these shadows, no matter what, that's part of the human experience. And now, you know, us talking about these tools and like being able to give them that ability to reparent themselves later on is such a gift. Do you agree that like that kind of it's easy to like throw blame on other people? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. You see that everywhere. Like mm -hmm. even with like other people's like 
insecurities or something, instead of owning up to it, they will just, you know, judge someone else or call it out in someone else and project because it's so much easier than actually having to like do the work, but it's not helpful for you and it doesn't serve you. Uh, one thing that really served me though, was learning that we are all wounded children. Like every adult you see is a wounded child. So even when we're doing these things and we learned that our parents were doing the best they could, our parents are also wounded children their parents were also wounded children, right? And so like, I actually, one thing that helped me was like actually seeing my parents as little inner children and mm -hmm. like experiencing and like thinking about what they experienced and what they went through um, really like made me understand why they did the things they were and have that much more compassion. I think compassion is such an important piece of this because like you said, just like blaming other people isn't going to get us anywhere, right? It's, it only makes it worse. And there's just this more like hostility and we want to release negative emotions. It's about like releasing so we can really connect with ourselves, our true selves, um, because there's so much that's just like holding us back all this stuff we accumulate since childhood that really isn't who we are. And maybe, and you know, there's lots of conversations and and study into this like passing on from generation to generation is that like the trauma continues to kind of build up. There's, you know, the idea of the mother wound, right? That we like hold our mothers on this pedestal and they become, they have to become these perfect versions when in fact they're just humans too. Like you said, they're just little wounded kids as well. And that's been a huge healing journey for me is to be like, oh, my mom is just a human. She can mess up too. We all do. As a parent, it feels so good to take that weight off. I'm like, oh, I have goosebumps thinking about this because it feels so, so much more free to think through shadow work through the lens of we all have it, right? We all have trauma. And imagine if we were taught this stuff when we were younger. Like right. if we just didn't have to wait until, you know, adulthood to like have this reveal and be like, oh, okay, like my mom doesn't need to be perfect. She's not a martyr or whoever. Uh, it's just so, so valuable. And I like, I hope that's something that is taught in schools earlier, just like relationship family dynamics. I know I sure as heck did not have anything like that in my schooling, but think it could just be so useful because like you said, we just put these people on a pedestal and yes, like we are very closely connected to them, have a lot of love for them but we just need to acknowledge their humanness. What would that look like? If we were going to teach it in school, if you were going to teach a younger generation to embrace everyone as wounded individuals, like <laughs> what would that look like? I love that question. I mean, I guess you'd have to think about like grades, like maybe <laughs> grade seven or eight. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, just like teaching about like intergenerational trauma and kind of like what your grandparents have gone through and like how that affects you. Um, and maybe like a bit of the psychology into it, nothing too much, but I think just like even that little base could be so helpful. Cause like I didn't start studying psychology into my twenties and was just like blown away by everything. And I think if I would have understood that a bit sooner, I would have just had more compassion for everyone in my family. <laughs> Maybe that's just the course, compassion. <laughs> yes, I think so. Okay, so let's get into play because it's like, this is like the final, I mean, not the final, but like the culmination of all of the work is that we get to experience play. What do you, what do, you do? You said you started to play a little bit every day. What did that look like? Yeah, so for me, it really started as like intuitive movement. So 
I'm a dancer, but I often did like choreographed dancing, which sometimes can be played and sometimes can't. Like if you're really in a competitive dance environment, it's not so much play because play actually isn't competitive. When we play, we want something to have no outcome. We want it to feel like purposeless and that's what actually gives it so much purpose. So I started just doing like movement for the fun of it with like no purpose, just like dancing around like a horse or a bird and like doing all these things. <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And uh, I would like rent a dance studio sometimes to like really go wild and like be a crazy horse. And it was so fun <laughs> because I was like literally dancing like no one was watching. Yeah. And I just remember the first time I was done with that studio and I went to like return the keys and the girl was in the studio and like had a TV of like the studio I was just in up. And so I was like, oh my God, she was watching me. She probably thinks I'm like insane, but that's totally okay. You know, just got to spread this message. Um, So yeah, I started kind of like doing that and just like really like fun movement or like listening to the Lion King or Toy Story songs, like whatever, like really brought me back to my childhood. And then I started doing art. So I actually had a lot of blocks around art because I wasn't a good artist by societal standards. So, you know, a lot of us will think we're not creative if we can't produce good art just because of the messaging, but we are also creative. So what I started to do to get back into art was just wearing a blindfold. So taking away the critical factor of my conscious mind that would judge and just letting myself express myself on paper, however that was going to look, whatever was going to feel good for me. So like putting on fun songs, doodling, like just trying to draw stuff and like give myself permission to take away that perfectionism that everything needs to be good. Like, why can't I just do something for the fun of it? Um, so I started doing that and started creating things with a blindfold. And that really like got me into my journey of finding more creativity and adaptability and just joy as well. And just started feeling so much more whole and like healthier. So I would recommend that, but also too, it's not like you need to do that much. Like just like acknowledge and be more mindful of the ways you play every day. So maybe that's in the kitchen when you're cooking, or maybe that's when you're walking, but instead of like planning out this walk where you're going to go from here from one to one ten, whatever, just like go wherever the wind takes you, like literally just like explore and be curious. Cause when we're playing, we just want to be in the moment in this state of exploration and curiosity as children are. So you can find ways to do that in your everyday life and you don't need that much time to do it. Mm-hmm. I love to tell clients that I work with and students that, you know, this idea of a creative day, a white, white space day where you have nothing on the calendar is so good. And I, I think this is like maybe what I tell them to do. I send them over to you on your creative day, go talk to Kara and develop a, something to play with. I don't know what that is yourself, your, your, your world. And, and, and that there's really no purpose that there's, It's just the purpose is just to enjoy it, right? Yes. And that's actually a block for a lot of people because they're just like, oh, I don't have time to just like do something to enjoy. I have like a million things to do. I have a family. I have a job. I have all these things. But it's like, this is the conditioning we've been given. It's actually not just like a nice to have. Play deprivation is actually a risk for our health. According to a play researcher, Stuart Brown, he's done so much research around play Mm -hmm. and by playing, we're actually like not only becoming more creative and joyful, but we're getting like more problem solving skills. We're improving our mental health. We're improving our adaptability. We're actually like 
firing up our brain and enhancing our memory and focus, all these amazing things that will actually help you thrive in your career, in your relationships, all these things. So it's like, this actually needs to be a priority. This is no longer at the bottom of our priority list. Um, so I really try to advocate for that message because it's just due to our conditioning, that's kind of how it's programmed in, you know, in our subconscious mind right now, but it's actually so important. It's like one of the number one things you need to be do if you want your business to thrive, if you want your relationships to thrive, like a relationship without play is dead. Like I have seen so many relationships without play die and play is that thing that can really like reconnect you and your partner or keep that spark going. Mm -hmm. Will you enjoy it right away? You know, if I think about even when I play with my kids, I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't really enjoy it that much. I do it because I want them to to know that I'm invested in their well-being and that I enjoy spending time with them. But like playing with blocks and dolls for a long time is not that fun for me. And should it be? <laughs> yeah. So everyone's relationship to play is so different and it's such a personal thing. So you need to find what lights you up, right? It's not about like forcing you to do this one kind of play. Um, so that's the thing. And it's just like getting to learn what did you love to do as a kid or what do you love now? And how can we incorporate that childlike wonder into that? Um, but really like building that relationship with your inner child so you can connect to how that can work for you now and just giving yourself permission to take that time. I think it's good to do some play on your own though as well. Like, I mean, that's great. You do it with your kids, but like really making it an intimate thing for you as well and figuring out what works best for you. Yeah. Follow intuition and find it. Yeah, I agree. So then would like reading a book or, or doing a course or something, would that be like, that's what I consider play for myself right now. Is that, would you consider that play? I would say, yes, it really depends how you feel. Like, are you feeling curious? Are you feeling mm. like you're exploring? Um, do you feel excited? Like, do you feel like you're having to achieve anything though? Are you feeling pleased? Or are you just like really in the moment and at peace with whatever happens? Like if you get into this mode of needing to achieve or please or like deadlines or anything like that, that's not play. Yeah. Okay. Cause I love, I could read endlessly about astrology and there's really just cause I enjoy it. It feels so, I'm so curious and I, and there are endless opportunities to just dig in. There's no end game. Totally. Yeah. I think that's totally play. And then for example, like I did a course on human design, but it was like really open-ended. So I didn't have like deadlines or anything. And I just kind of did it when I felt like it, that felt like play for me too. What's your human design profile? I'm a projector. Are you? Yes. I mean, wait, reflectors are the super rare one, right? And projectors are, yeah. Yeah. Pretty rare too. My husband's a projector as well. I'm a generator. Oh, nice. If you can't tell from my, like, very <laughs> over, like a little bit over the top. I like it. Uh, okay. This is, this is helping a lot. So, okay. If someone's going to come to you and they're like, I really want to learn how to play. I want to, I'm stuck at home still. It's been a year. What do, where do I start? Yeah. 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 So usually like I get on a call with a person to learn about where they're at with their relationship to play. Like sometimes people come to me and they're so disconnected or sometimes they come to me and they kind of play a little bit, but they want to learn new ways to play. Cause like you said, it's like the monotony of like quarantine or lockdown or just like not being able to do what we used to be able to do. So I get a good feel for kind of where they're at on their journey. But a big part of my program is also you know, get going for some goals. Like, do you want to work on your relationship or your career? Um, because I also do a lot of subconscious reprogramming. So my program is half play and half subconscious reprogramming. So we design a great plan to get you to where you want to go. And, you know, we just make sure we're a good fit. 
And then as soon as we confirm that, I send out a play box and a playbook and it gets delivered to your door. So it's a box full of goodies that I keep as a surprise. And then a playbook that is 94 pages of fun. And the reason I keep that as a surprise because our rational brain loves to prepare for play mm -hmm. and loves to plan it out, but to actually connect with the true spirit of play, we have to be surprised. We have to be curious. So that's the best way to really get in that um, time frame. So, so yeah, it's it's so much fun. And then we go on this eight week journey, and every week is like very different, different kinds of play. It's like all kinds of spontaneity, all things happening. And yeah, it's, it's really like a beautiful, beautiful journey. I surprisingly, I've seen actually a lot of people get emotional because some people just didn't know they would be able to return to play, or they just thought they were like too old, or they didn't expect they could have this kind of fun at their age. Um, so seeing them be able to return to that has been just so rewarding. How do you do the subconscious reprogramming? What method do you use? Yeah, so I'm certified in a few. So I do neurolinguistic programming and I also do hypnosis. Those are my two primary ones. I also do emotional freedom techniques, which is kind of like acupuncture without pins and you're just tapping through your energy centers. Um, I love hypnosis. That is my favorite one, just because hypnosis allows us to reprogram our subconscious and choose new behaviors and thoughts and actions that actually serve us. I know before I mentioned how we get all these programs that don't serve us from childhood, like all this like black or white thinking, all these beliefs that we're not enough or worthy, we can actually reprogram because we want our subconscious to move us towards what we want. And 95% of what we do is actually driven by our subconscious mind. And that kind of blew me away because I was trying, I was really into personal development, but I was trying to do all this stuff at a conscious level. And so when I realized that I had the power to speak with my subconscious mind, I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. Like that is what I need. Um, so hypnosis personally has been so powerful for me, but all the techniques are amazing. I love hypnosis. I love it. It's like my, it is my favorite healing modality. And I was really, before I knew it, before my friend, Gina, who is, is my guide showed me what it was. I was like, kind of afraid. It felt very like out of control. I have a Capricorn moon. So like, I need some, I need some control <laughs> in the subconscious. And it's been the most freeing thing that I've done. And I do a lot of like past life, um, hypnosis work, but even in, within this life, just reprogramming some of, again, those conditions that are part of life, but are just not necessary anymore as an adult, just letting it go. Yeah, no, I was scared of it as well. Like I thought it was kind of like spooky or like mind control. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of that, but it's definitely not like that at all. And you're in total control and it's just so relaxing. Like it's so, so relaxing and nice and it just feels so good. And then at the same time, you just happen to be getting all these new programs that serve you. So I really couldn't think of anything I love more. Wow. Yeah. I feel like you have such a cool blend of modalities and of ideas. This is, I'm super jazzed for you. Has it been going well? Or are people just like, I need this. I need your help. Yeah, it's been going really well. Like I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, it was a need. I saw that like people just 
it wasn't out there. There wasn't an option like this to help people. And I think like the timing worked out really well, just in the sense that people need something to do right now, especially like in Canada where I am, like everyone, it's a strict lockdown. So it's a way for people to find that deep connection, like with themselves. And also I opened it up. So right now I'm doing like one-off play sessions and I'm now actually working with couples as well, which has been going super well. And I'm going to be doing a special Valentine's day promotion. And so couples will get a 16 minute play session where they really get to reconnect with each other in a new way. Um, so this is perfect for couples who love like adventure or trying new things or open-minded. Uh, yeah, like it definitely creates a lot more intimacy. And then I'm also, I've opened that up for best friends as well. So you don't have to be coupled up to experience the magic. I also do it for best friends or families to um, anyone who just wants to like feel that deeper love. This is such a good idea because we're so flipping serious all day. We're like reading our self-development books and, you know, cleaning all of this. It's like, can we just have fun? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, honestly. So I opened this offer up for the holidays and I had all these couples buy it and it's just been my favorite one to do. Like, it's so beautiful. It's so much fun. Uh, So I knew I had to do something for Valentine's Day. I love that idea. Okay. Well, where can listeners find you um, on social media as your website? How can they work with you? Tell us more. Yeah. So you can find me on my website at theplayfulwarrior.com. I'm also at Instagram at theplayfulwarrior. I love to chat all things play, creativity, self-expression. Um, so come find me and I would love to play with you. Awesome. Thank you, Kara. This was so fun. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everyone. Join us on Tuesdays and Thursdays for new episodes. And if you learned something new, enjoyed what you heard, share this episode with a friend. We'll see you next week. 